You're listening to the She is Fierce radio show. She is Fierce connects women to each other and their dreams. You'll meet incredible women who all have one thing in common. They took a leap. They've got passion. They're on a mission. They're doing exciting and rewarding things, and they want to help you take your big leap. And now your host, She is Fierce founder, Kelly Youngs. Hey everyone, this is Kelly Youngs, founder of She Is Fierce and host of the She Is Fierce podcast. This 2020 podcast season is all about finding the best ways to work through everything 2020 has brought to our doors. And today's podcast features a woman who was brought overwhelming health challenges and pressures at an early age and was able to overcome them and find ways to support others going through the same struggles. Pink Up the Pace founder Cindy Chaconis is a breast cancer survivor who discovered her cancer in her 20s and found out soon after that her mother also had breast cancer. They fought the disease together, and while Cindy worked and went for treatments, she came up with and brought to life the very popular Pink Up the Pace race. It is a fun 5K filled with pink tutus, dogs and kids dressed in pink sparkles, and filled with women and men who are survivors and the people who love and support them. Her story is one I think we can all benefit from listening to right now. She talks about the importance of taking care of yourself and your health, how she was able to work through her own experience, and she shared how she turned outward and makes a difference in the lives of others who need help. I am so inspired by Cindy, and I know you will be too. Thank you. So... A year and a half ago, Kelly asked me and approached me to be a speaker, and I was so honored that I gladly accepted, but it wasn't until I started driving home that I started asking myself, what is a fierce woman? Am I a fierce woman? And then I came to the realization that if you are able to overcome any obstacle in your life, no matter how bad or devastating it is, you better believe it that you are fierce. Face it, life is not easy. It is not. We are challenged, thank you. We are challenged with obstacles every day from the moment we wake up, whether it's dealing with career, whether it's marriage, whether it's raising a family. And we as women need to do a better job of owning of our, our accomplishments and be proud of what we do. So right now I really want you to take the time to pat yourselves on the back because it's not easy to wake up every morning and face reality. So please be proud of who you are and what you've done. Um, I am the first American in my family. My family is from Colombia, South America. Um, My sister and I were raised by a single parent. Um, And if anybody ever asked me who my hero is, to this day, it's hands down my mom. Um, After getting a four-year degree at the University of Florida, I came to St. Augustine to pursue. (laughs) Go Gators. Sorry, Beth. Beth is my neighbor. She's a Seminole. I apologize. But, 
I came to St. Augustine in 2005 to pursue a degree of doctorate of physical therapy, and in 2007, I graduated. And boy, was I excited. I was ready to conquer the world without the time constraints of school and studying. And I went with my life, day in and day out. And in the summer of 2008, I was laying on the floor, and I placed my hand over my breast, and I felt something. Now, I had heard of self-exams before, I had done them before, but if anybody have ever touched your breasts, they're lumpy, they're mushy, they're big. You, there's all these weird sensations, and I strongly advocate the importance of knowing your body inside and out. Know your body, know how it changes during your cycles, during your moods, because no one is gonna be a better advocate for you and your body than yourself. And so you need to be aware of you and your body and who you are as an individual. So it wasn't until I went to the other side that I automatically knew that this was something that shouldn't be dismissed. I knew that I needed medical attention, and so I went to my OBGYN. He referred me to get an ultrasound. They said, you're young, you have death, breast tissue, and we can either remove it or uh, with um, aspirated, or your body will get rid of it. And so I said, well, let's let nature take its place. And he said, nonetheless, keep an eye on it, and if you have any questions or concerns, come back. So I said, okay. I started training for my fourth marathon, and I got a job at Flagler Hospital because I wanted to be closer and not have the long commute. And within that time, within three months, that lump got bigger, and I don't have much. This is all padding, <laughs> all padding. And I can barely raise my hand, and that lump just popped out. So working at Flagler Hospital, knowing about OBGY Associates, I decided to go there. And to this day, I am so grateful for Anna Marks. She was Dr. Yarian's PA. And she had the time to look at me as an individual, not as a patient coming in the room, but she looked at me. You could see the concern in her face. And with her clinical reason, decided that I needed something beyond her scope of practice and referred me to a breast specialist. So um, I went to the breast specialist and he said I needed a biopsy. Now, this whole time, I went to everything by myself. I was young, I had the whole life ahead of me, so I never worried about anything. It was just a matter of waiting to hear what they had to say. So I remember like it was yesterday, January 7th, 2009, on my day off, I went to Dr. Gonzalez and he kept asking me questions. Do you have family? Do you talk to them? Are you close with them? Do you have friends? Do you have a boyfriend? I'm like, getting a little too personal, don't you think? But um, I was like, yeah, I have family. I am close to them. And I couldn't understand the relevance of his questioning until he finally felt comfortable with the way I answered it. He said, your biopsy results were inconclusive. You have cancer, but you need surgery to find out more. And it's like if I hit a wall, and I did everything I could to fight those tears behind me. And so I said, well, what do I do next? And he's like, well, I have an opening on Wednesday. This is within like 48 hours. I said, well, sign me up. So I remember going to my boss's office and telling her I need to take Wednesday off because they think I have cancer. And as soon as I said the words cancer, it was a stream of tears coming down my face. It, the words sunk in, and then I remember it's like my body went in shock and in cruise control. She grabbed me by the hand and took me to get lab work. She took me to pre-op, a blood work, you name it. And it's amazing how we as individuals always think of others except for ourselves. 
I did not call my mom or my sister to tell them what, had I, what the information I had just found out. I wanted to, to wait for them to be in the safety of their home. I didn't want them to worry about me. I wanted them to get home safely. I did, however, call my boyfriend, Eric, at the time, during his lunch break, once again, not to interrupt with his day, that I couldn't cook dinner because I had a lot going on and I was gonna have surgery and I really needed a bacon cheeseburger from Chili's. And not just a regular bacon cheeseburger, the applewood bacon, the thick, crispy, crunchy. Okay, so um, it wasn't until Thursday morning that Dr. Gonzalez comes in that room again and he says, the can you had cancer, it had spread to your lymph nodes. We don't know if it's anywhere else. It could be in your liver, and your bones. We won't know until we do further testing. Um, and that was pretty much it. You know, well, my office will call you, and from here I was gonna have a lineup of doctor appointments. It wasn't until I was going home over the 312 bridge that an epiphany hit me. I am a cancer patient. I turned around and asked my boyfriend and my sister, does that mean I'm a cancer patient? And once those words sunk in, I was angry. I was pissed. I was blaming myself because maybe I ate too much chocolate because I'm a chocoholic and I needed to lay off the sugar. I was mad at the doctor for maybe not pushing the fact that I should get that cyst removed. I was finding blame on anything and everybody except the actual cancer. And it was hard because um, you are bombarded with life-altering decisions. Do I remove one breast? Do I remove both breasts? Do I harvest eggs because chemo is such a powerful drug that you don't know if I would be able to have the possibility of having the family I always dreamed of? Or do I harvest embryos with a man who's my boyfriend right now and not sure if we're gonna get married in the future? And what was frustrating is that you as a patient, you're vulnerable and you're asking these people for your, their medical opinion advice and they leave it up to you. I'm like, me? You're the doctor, I'm paying you. I need to know what I should do. Don't make me choose. I can't even choose ice cream at an ice cream shop. So don't make me decide between one or two breasts. Or, you know, what I like to tell people, even if I go to a restaurant, it's a little bit drastic, but if this is my last meal, what do you recommend? And that's what I told my surgeon. If I was your daughter, what would you tell them? Because that's the way you have to put it back into their shoes. And like I said, you need to be aware and ask the best questions. And if you're not happy, go get that other opinion. The first um, four chemo treatments I had were so powerful, so uh, draining that they spread them out every two weeks. Now this is something even more, um, not nerve wracking, but more shocking, even the doctor's like, do you want to have your chemo every two weeks or three weeks? I'm like, I don't know, you tell me. So I decided to get this shit over with and let's do it two weeks. <laughs> um, so I went every two weeks and the first week is horrible. You don't feel your body like it's yourself. Doesn't matter if the lights are on, lights are off. You don't know how to respond to people. People don't know how to talk to you. Food doesn't taste the same. And as the week goes by, you slowly start feeling your body again. You slowly start feeling energy. You slowly start feeling like you can live again. And then within, but then you know within two days you're gonna have to go back. And I said, pardon my French, fuck this. I said, if this is the way I'm gonna go, let it be. I didn't die skydiving, I didn't die white rafting, but if this is the way I'm gonna go, let it be. 
But then the more I said that to myself, I kept realizing that I was being selfish. I was being selfish to my coworkers. I didn't have the time or the hours to request time to have my surgeries, my doctor's appointments, or my treatments. Nurses, coworkers, people I didn't know donated the hours for me. I mean, who am I? I was just another individual in this small planet just trying to make a living and survive. I was being selfish to my friends, my running club who trained with me for hours for different marathons. They threw me this wonderful scarf and hat party to celebrate life and to demonstrate that there is hope and they were going to be there and provide courage for me. And I couldn't let them down. And then, and then most of all, I couldn't let down my mom because three weeks after I was diagnosed, she had found a lump and she decided that she should also be proactive and get that lump checked and she also ended up having um, stage two breast cancer. So when it rains, it pours and uh, I, she, I had to provide, prove to her that I was willing to fight this fight with her. I was gonna be there by her side like she had been there for me throughout all these years of school and college and you name it. So I decided to, excuse me, put on my big girl panties on. <laughs> now they might not be sexy, but they are comfortable. <laughs> and those are clean and new, by the way. <laughs> but I decided that I needed to live. I needed to, if there was women in those chairs two or three times my age trying to live maybe three more months, why couldn't I? So I decided to walk out the door and continue my treatment sessions. On a day-to-day -day basis, I interacted with people that were also survivors, and it wasn't until they found out what I was going through that they opened up to them, to my, themselves to myself. And as much as the initiation of breast cancer or any cancer stinks, the sisterhood and the group of individual and women that you meet is amazing. The stories that they have to share. They teach you and educated me that there is life after cancer, that you could still live 20, 30 years from now, that you can still make and do all the things that you wished for and work and have a family, that cancer does not have to be the end all be all, that there is more to life than cancer. So then I realized that I was inspired by the love and support this community had to offer me. I was frustrated at the injustice in our healthcare system because it all depends on a person's socioeconomic status that their cancer diagnosis and treatment is gonna be managed differently because of that. And I learned that firsthand through my mom because she didn't have health insurance. And she was a type of person that has worked her whole life, done everything possible that she could do, and either her job did not provide health insurance or she did not make enough money to be able to afford health insurance. And when my sister and I were young, she told us you can't get sick. And to this day, we never got sick because she couldn't afford the health care. And I am very lucky and blessed that I found my lump a year after I graduated because if I had found the lump while I was in physical therapy school, I probably wouldn't be here. I did not have the means or the time to probably go get myself checked. And if my cancer, if became, my cyst became cancerous within three months, if I had waited a year, I probably wouldn't be standing here in front of you today. So I, I am blessed and, and I think that if it happened, it happened when it did. Um, 
So I remember telling Amy, we need to do something. We need to do something after being inspired by the community and the injustice in our healthcare system. So I had run enough races that I decided to put on a 5K walk run. I went to the Ancient City Roadrunners member and I asked him, what does it take to put on an event? And he gave me a list of things to follow and he said, and I said, well, how much? And he said, $10,000. Wow, mm -hmm. can we say it again? Wow. Well, I said, okay. I grabbed my credit card and I started swiping. And there was nothing in there, but I just kept swiping. <laughs> Remember, I was a student, I had loans to pay. So, um, but I was determined to do this. I needed to help women and men, because men can also get breast cancer. There should be nobody in this day and age that should suffer or die from breast cancer. Early detection saves lives. So if there is something or someone like Pink of the Pace that can provide the money and the means to get that person who is questioning their lump, then let it be us to provide that money and get you in the door. We as women, like I said before, put ourselves last. We worry about our family, our spouses, the money to save in our budget for the AC, the roof, you name it. And we always say, we'll get to that later. We'll do that next month. But is next month too soon or too long to wait? That when you have the doubt, you do it now, you do it then, and you don't wait. Because if you don't put yourselves first, who is then gonna take care of your kids? or your spouse because you did not take care of yourself. Thank you. My little time. <laughs> so this race started evolving and the people that were my main sponsors at first were family members, friends, my Pilates instructor. Um, she was a sponsor, my friend and her husband were sponsors, my husband, my, um, boyfriend Eric at the time, his family and aunt and uncle became sponsors, and this started evolving. It was a grassroots organization that took place out of my house. I had boxes lined up on my foyer with t-shirts and bags to get prepared for the packet stuffing that, that was going to take place in my living room. Um, people mailed the registration fee, uh, fees to my home address. And it was, people were like, how'd you do this? Well, I worked an eight hour day job, because like I said, I went to work Monday through Thursday so I can get chemo. I had Fridays off so I can recover. I mean, Friday get treatment, recover Saturday, Sunday, and go back to work Monday. All this took place while I was sitting in that chemo chair getting my IVs. I had to keep working to keep my health, my health insurance to pay for my, my drugs and uh, the surgeries. So. Um, so while other people slept, I was planning with my laptop for the race, and this thing got involved, and I, I don't, people who know me, I really pack stuff in in my day. I can't do things half-ass. Um, so I, I needed to do an expo and educate the community about breast cancer and breast cancer awareness and the resources our community has. And so at the expo, our race started getting bigger. If you ever do a race in St. Augustine, you're lucky if you get 300 people. Well, at the expo, our numbers started going to 500, 600, 700. I'm like, Amy, what are we doing? I don't know. 
And we were excited but freaking out. We had never done anything to this magnitude at all. And so that same night, we're running to Walmart, trying to get water because we need water for those runners and walkers. They can't pass out on us. We need bananas because those people are going to be hungry and they want their bananas or bagels at the end of the race. So um, the race comes on Saturday morning. And the I can't really explain how I felt that day. It was a very emotional. Those who have ever participated in the event probably understand. Those who haven't, I strongly encourage you to come. It's the amount of support, the emotion, the love. People get dressed in pink tutus. Their children are dressed. People dye their hair in pink. They dress up their pets. It's just an overwhelming emotion and support to show love for those people who have battled breast cancer and have survived, and also to remember those that have fought and have unfortunately passed. And um, it's just the community support is unbelievable, and I am so grateful for them because if it weren't for the community, Pink of the Pace would definitely not live on. Um, so the race has gotten bigger over the past seven years. And within seven years, we have been able to raise $200,000. Like I said earlier, when it rains, it pours, and you always know that there's a rainbow at the other side of the horizon. And things always happen for a reason. People always tell me, God does not give you more than you can handle. And sometimes I'm like, I don't really think I can handle anymore. Um, you know, between me and my mom and just life in general. But, you know, I am so blessed that everything happens because I found a gift and a calling in me that I didn't know existed. Like I said earlier, we all are fierce, but it is certain life situations that bring that fierceness out of us. And, you know, if I had to go through this devastating experience, it did suck, but I've learned more about myself and of all the other women out there that have gone through the same thing, and we are grow and become better. I just do want to take the time that, you know, unfortunately, breast cancer affects many of us. The statistics are that one in eight women are diagnosed, and it affects so many of us. So I do want to acknowledge all the other breast cancer survivors that are in the room. So if you can please stand up and be proud of what you've done along with me. I know there's more. So be proud and own it. And um, if you don't know how to do a self-exam, we have shower cards. Feel your boobs. If you don't feel comfortable, ask your neighbor. Ask a friend. <laughs> and, it, and if you don't feel comfortable, ask a spouse. Ask your loved one because they will be more than happy to sign up and they can also help you. But thank you very much for your time. Thank you, everybody, for your support and love. I hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast. If you did, please take just a moment out of your day to rate and review us. It will help us reach even more women with inspiring stories from fierce women all over the world.